Good morning, and welcome to Evergreen Baptist Church of Los Angeles on this pandemic Thanksgiving Sunday. And as we begin our service, I want to remind us that once a year, we invite our congregation to consider giving to our American Baptist retired ministers and missionaries offering. This is an offering that originated 90 years ago in support of retired ministers, missionaries, their widowed spouses, and elderly clergy in our denomination. There are a few evergreeners that currently benefit from the generosity of this offering. And so we just want to remind you that you can give by going to our website, www.ebcla.org, at the same giving link as you would your normal ties and offerings and participate this year. As we get ready for next week and Thanksgiving, we recognize that the entire country is experiencing a very different type of holiday season this year. Many of our Thanksgiving meals will not have as many people. And some of us may be eating alone this year due to the pandemic travel restrictions. That's what this disease and this virus is doing. It makes, it, it might make you sad or depressed and that's normal. It's okay to be sad about that. Many of us may actually have reason not to be thankful this year. This was not the best year for, <laughs> for humans. Unless, of course, you own Amazon.com or Lysol. Everyone, I think, everyone has a genuine reason to feel a little sorry for themselves and to grieve the losses that you have incurred. As Christians, though, we don't just wait for a reason to be thankful. We actually choose to be thankful. I am reminded of Paul's letter to the Philippians where he is in chains, suffering. He's not having a good week. He's perhaps even sensing that his death may be close at hand. But this is how he starts the letter. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers, for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul's ancient words remind us of his amazing grounded spirit in suffering. He has much reason to not be thankful, but he chooses gratitude. Now Christians over the centuries, like Paul, have chosen to be thankful. It is a remarkable power that they have to choose a path in life to choose between a path that considers a God who loves them and who cares about them and who watches over them, or to choose a path that does not have a God like that. The people of God choose to believe that no matter what happens, there is still a God who loves them. This God is real. He does love us. And we can choose gratitude this Thanksgiving, even this Thanksgiving. And so that's what our team wanted to reflect upon this Sunday. 
In all seriousness, we recognize the truth that there are things we are not thankful for this year. And we have good reason to grieve that. Yes, this has been a difficult year. No, it's not over yet. But as we observe Thanksgiving this year, whether you are with a few household family members or by yourself, this is the moment to pause and to let yourself choose to be grateful. I think that's a way to push back against what is wrong in the world, to proclaim that circumstances do not have complete power over you, to cling to the resilience and resistance to the darkness that only gratitude can instill in all of us. Gratitude is a powerful thing in the hands of Christians. So today, beloved, we choose to be thankful. Thank you guys all for being here this morning. Uh, I know that we're all actually on campus for the first time in a long time, probably since the beginning, before the pandemic. Um, but we're all obviously in our offices uh, because of our quarantine protocol here. Um, but as we're thinking about Thanksgiving, I was just reflecting on how difficult it is uh, to be thankful this year just because of everything that's happened. And there are things that have happened that we all have been experiencing together, but there's also things individually together. So I thought we could just go around and share what what makes it hard for you to be thankful this year, but how are you also choosing to be grateful? And as I was thinking about uh, my, my own life and uh, the past nine months, uh, I found it hard to be thankful this year because our kids haven't been able to go to school and it looks like they may not be in preschool this whole year. So they're missing a whole year of school. Uh, we mm. definitely saw them uh, start to regress at the beginning of quarantine. Now, uh, maybe we've slowed down that regression a little bit. But Farah and I are definitely worried about their development as, as we see them missing such a, an important time of their life. Um, and so that's that's hard to be it's hard to really come into this year being really grateful and, and it's been hard uh, but I'm choosing to be thankful though as I've reflected on the fact that during this time I do get to have them around a little bit more and uh, that time has been precious for us hmm. well, that sounds pretty good um, I this is terrible. <laughs> um, the year is terrible. What yeah, is really? th yeah. The, this, this, the since we, since our lockdown, um, I've had to. Um, what has been really hard for me to be thankful for, is um, what is going on in society. You know, what we've had to experience, all of the unrest of the Black Lives Matter protests. And then because this is an election year, you know, um, it has been all this political stuff, all the rhetoric. And, oh, I had to turn the TV off because I just could not handle all of the, um, the rhetoric that was going on politically. Uh, the Black Lives Matter was really important, but it was also very... I was really sad because I could see these communities being, you know, burned. And um, it got to 
you know, I could, in, in LA, we experienced so many riots already, you know, and then people just getting into um, destroying the property. And I could just see how it was, it was coming down. Well, I live in Cerritos, so it was starting up in LA and it was just coming down towards, uh, the closest was the Long Beach. And I thought, oh, I bet you Cerritos is going to be next, but nah, it, it was pretty calm. <laughs> But it was just really thankful. It was really hard for me to be thankful for this year because of all the unrest and all the inequalities. And it was just feeling really, really hard to be thankful for. Um, what I choose to be thankful for is um, my health, that I do still have the health, considering how many people uh, have either contracted the COVID-19 um, and in, in some ways, I am in that group of people who are vulnerable. So to be able to stay healthy this the last few months has been really um, something that I choose to be thankful for, as well as um, the fact that there hasn't been anyone in my family who has contracted it as well. And my family who lives, you know, all over California, as well as across uh, the country, you know, back east and everything, especially for my brother who works in a hospital. So he's very vulnerable. So I'm always, I'm choosing to be thankful for the family and the health of the family. Mm -hmm. So Ryan, you got anything? Popcorn. Wow. <laughs> I called you out. Wow. <laughs> um, for me, it's been difficult to be thankful. Um, I think in the times where I most needed to take care of myself, I, those spaces that I do those things to take care of myself have been like taken away from me. So to be able to participate in those spaces of caring for myself and loving myself and being able to be a fully embodied person in my work and in my life have been kind of stripped from me. And so um, I think it's been difficult just to kind of rethink and to reimagine new ways to try new things out of how do I take care and love myself. Um, I'm choosing to be thankful for the small things, the cliche things, for food, for my health, for my family. Um, I think there are days and I'm not just saying this, where I wake up and I'm extremely thankful for my job. Um, and I'm, I'm extremely thankful for this church and for my coworkers. Um, those are the things, that's what I've been really thankful. I'll just wake up from a random day and just be filled with gratitude for um, the place that I'm at here um, and the family that I have here at this church. And we're thankful for you too, Ryan. I know. Oh, thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> Which I didn't want to say anything because, you know, I didn't want to be all like goopy, but I'm glad you did, Jonathan. <laughs> Which coworkers are you thankful for, Ryan? <laughs> me, me. <laughs> I won't put you on the spot, Ryan, so I'll go ahead. I think for myself, um, I, I generally am a – a fairly patient person. And I think that uh, for the longest time, I think thankfulness wasn't difficult. But when I began to uh, observe and really 
recognize and empathize with how hard it's been for the people around me, uh, for my family, uh, for my church friends, uh, for those that I stay in contact with. I think that that begins to wear on that natural sense of thankfulness and gratitude that I think God has given to me. Uh, I think particularly for my kids, thinking about all the lost opportunities this year because of the restrictions, uh, whether it's not being able to see their friends, uh, my younger son not being able to uh, uh, lead the Arcadia band in the parades, um, wondering about job opportunities for my daughter. So there, there are a lot of things that are in suspension because of all that has taken place in the last eight months. I think for me that um, I try the best I can each day to choose gratitude. I, I think that uh, it's not always easy. Uh, I think that what helps me is uh, getting out early in the morning and enjoying sort of the peacefulness of our neighborhood and uh, through simple signs and just be reminded of God's faithfulness. I've shared with uh, others that oftentimes I would have no agenda and just allow God to bring a song, bring a scripture. And, and I think that has been one intentional way that I've been able to continue to choose gratitude uh, as often as I can. And I won't sing <laughs> for you all. Um, I think for me, as most of you probably already know, um, it's been quite a difficult year for me and my family. Actually, I think the last two or three years have been some of the hardest that I've ever been through. Um, two years ago, our son was diagnosed at age nine with bipolar and anxiety disorders. Um, it was good to have the diagnosis because then we had more of an understanding of what he was actually dealing with, what he was going through since he was about five. So it was nice to have a label, but living and parenting someone, living with and parenting someone with mental illness, and then also struggling with depression myself, um, it's just exhausting and it's never, it's never ending. The unpredictability is probably the hardest. Um, you know, when he asks me for something, my first thought is, will he explode in rage if I say no this time? Or will he be able to handle it? And sometimes he can, and other times he will explode. And I never know when that's going to happen. So the whole family is walking on eggshells and like, afraid of when you know his next blow up will happen and so we're on this like high stress um high alert all the time which makes it really hard to enjoy home so this week we've been experiencing um, more of the depressive side uh, with our son expressing thoughts and behaviors um, of harming himself or other people and so at that time, I get like gripped with fear for the, for his future um, and all the unknowns. And we love him so much. And we love 
we love that there are parts of him that are not plagued by this, but it just feels like it's not supposed to be like this. Like he deserves a childhood that he can enjoy that's carefree, not one where he's hospitalized for suicidal ideations. So it's really hard for me to be thankful for little things in life when my mind is so wrapped up in feeling fear and helpless a lot of the time. And also realizing that just because 2020 um, will be over soon, it doesn't mean that anything will necessarily change for us. And so that also feels very heavy. Um, I do still want to choose to be thankful because I know that I need that. And I know that um, if I'm not thankful, then I'll just be swallowed up by everything else. So um, this passage of scripture really came to my mind this morning. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's Romans chapter five, verses three through five. We not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. So I choose to be thankful for hardship and suffering. Um, these verses remind me that God has poured his love upon me. It's not just like a little sprinkling, but it's like really poured out and the Holy Spirit is with me. So it, it does seem counterintuitive to rejoice in suffering. And I, I would really honestly rather not experience it at all or watch my kid experience it. But the hardship is what will pr produce perseverance and hope. So I choose to be thankful for my son and love him despite his challenges. And I choose to believe that the Holy Spirit will give me strength to persevere in my life. Thank you for sharing that, Julie. I I think I speak for the whole staff and the whole congregation when I say that we are really grateful for your son. We are really grateful for your family. And uh, we are we continue to pray for, for you guys. Thank you. Well, now I have to follow that. <laughs> I might as well just say, I'm just, I choose to be thankful for you, Pastor Julie, and that's it. We're going to finish this part. No. Um, no, but I am so grateful. Um, like Pastor Jason said, I'm so grateful for you, Pastor Julie. And you're you're from the get-go of me being here. And it's been around a year now, believe it or not. Like you were one of the first pastors to welcome me, take me out to lunch, and just share your life with me. So thank you for ministering to all of us. And I'm totally a grateful recipient of your ministry here and just your presence. Um, but yeah, like everybody said, 2020 has been ridiculous. And I think I've, I've just been reflecting on the fact that we are 50, essentially 50 days or so away from wrapping up 2020, um, which is so unfair because my birthday's in January. When I turned one year older this past January, I had so many plans and I felt really anxious to accomplish them all because I just felt like, I mean, no offense to everybody here, but I just felt like I was getting older, you know, and it just that rush. And I feel like the year just went down to shoot and nothing happened. And I'm like, it's so unfair. But 
I think, yeah, it's just, it's been like a domino effect. It feels like this year of like one thing that's bad. And then about a week later, something that's worse. And then progressively every week, it's felt like that. Um, and so what's been hard for me is like almost there's just no room to get back up. Like we're supposed to kind of have faith. We're supposed to continue to, you know, trust that the Lord is moving. But it's like you try to get back up and you almost like you get punched back down. Like Shirley was saying by the news or like Ryan was sharing, like my personal need for rest. Those outlets are gone or, you know, whatever it is, the people around me are suffering. My family around me is hurting. Like it's just been really hard to just get grab a breath um, to catch myself. Right. Um, and to hold myself back up. And so. <laughs> In those moments, I'm like, how do I actually survive this? Like, how do I keep going, let alone accomplish the daily things or the weekly things that I'm supposed to be accomplishing, you know, as a seminarian or as somebody, you know, who's leading worship at a church? Like, how do I actually do that? So um, that's just been really tough for me. Um, but I think kind of piggybacking on what Ryan said, like, I'm so grateful for Evergreen because I think it's really easy for people to be really disappointed in the church, especially in the light of how sometimes the church, especially in America, has been responding to COVID, um, how there's been a lot of pushback about even wearing masks or not gathering in person, um, how we've been responding to inequity just overall. And we hear about, you know, even currently, mega churches, pastors having to step down, you know? Um, and, and so mm. I've, I've just found it like, incredible that I find myself to be at Evergreen, where we're actually making progress for justice in a very unique and very evergreen sort of way. And we're doing it through wrestling and we're doing it through learning, literally learning the language of how to survive indifference. Like to me, that's just like, as a pastor's kid, I'm like literally blown away. Like, is this possible? Whether it's our LGBTQIA plus inclusion journey, or whether it's just like learning how to stand in our political differences or being man and female, right? On staff together. Like there's a lot of these different things that I'm just like, we're really learning how to love one another. And that is the only reason that I feel like I've survived this pandemic in 2020. So I think I just choose to be grateful um, for this staff, for this church, for this space that feels countercultural even now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, guys. <laughs> well, we're grateful for you too, January. And I, I won't bring up the fact that you said, I'm feeling older, no offense to the rest of you. 